Hello. If you are into conversations that are habitually disruptive, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian, the speakeasy edition. Okay, so let's talk about content creation. I want to talk about being a content creator, what the shared experience is of all of us kind of being so connected. And then also, I want to talk a little bit about behind the scenes of being a content creator or an influencer, whatever you want to call it. We're not going to talk about people. We're not going to even really talk about events. We're just going to talk about, again, experiences and just thoughts that I have about it. Because this is a relatively new job, right? I mean, I remember following the original bloggers that were a really big deal. You know, Daybook, Something Navy, Nat the Fat Rat, those people. And then Instagram comes along and starts really gaining in popularity. And a lot of those bloggers make the jump and continue to have really successful careers. But that this industry has exploded. It's a legitimate job that people do full time and pay the bills with. But it's an infant in comparison to a lot of the jobs that exist in 2023. And so I just thought it would be interesting to kind of dive into what does that look like? And What does it look like behind the scenes? What does it look like for all of us together having this shared experience of being more connected than we've ever been to each other? And I do want to talk about kind of both sides of it. I want to talk about the good and the benefits and the opportunity. And also, I do want to have a conversation about the negative things that come with sharing your life on the internet. And neither as a brag or as a martyr, just as this is the experience. This is my job. This is what I do full time. And I know it's really intriguing. I am personally intrigued by watching all of this unfold as my experience and just watching it, you know, on the timeline of history. It's fascinating. I started creating content a long time ago. There was just nobody reading it. (laughs) I had a live journal I had a blogger blog. I had a blog for a long time titled Fearless that my friends read and it maybe had a, you know, a small following. I had an Instagram for a long time before anything really happened with that. And then December 2018 launched Confessions of a Crappy Christian, the podcast. Changed my Instagram handle to the girl named Blake because my last name is impossible to pronounce phonetically. My last name is Guiche. I don't say it a lot because it's difficult, but abandoned the Guiche, went with a girl named Blake and really kind of dove headfirst into this world of content creation, both with a podcast and with my Instagram. I've dipped it back and forth into blogging. I would say within the first year of really kicking things off, I think I gained 10,000 followers in that first year. I wasn't talking politics at all. I was talking largely hustle culture, a little bit of motherhood, and just kind of mental health, really personal stuff that now I look back and can see that I've, I've gotten away from that and would like to get back to it. But grew substantially over the last four years and kind of find myself peers with people that I always really looked up to, people that have been creating content like books and podcasts and putting it out into the world for much longer than I have. And I admire them so much and have gotten to learn so much from some of those people. And then also have kind of gotten to come up with my own generation of women who are stepping into this space and 
have gotten to create incredible friendships that I would have never probably even encountered these people in my life. And so let's talk about some shared experiences. So the beginning of my adventure into the internet was with a podcast. Started working on it in October, spent a good two months really pouring into the creation of this new platform for myself. Had a dear friend working on it with me at the time and was trying to get guests because I knew I wanted it to be a guest-based podcast. I wanted to have conversations and interviews and It took me a long time to get to a point where I wanted to create content, just me, just me talking like this. So the early experience of trying to get guests to come on your podcast when the podcast doesn't exist yet is really interesting. But if you want it to be an interview-based podcast, you have to get interviews to have anything to put out there. (laughs) I was really so fortunate to have some incredible women that I looked up to so much and had been reading their books believe in what I was doing and essentially willing to listen to my elevator pitch via email and spend an hour of their time sitting down to have a conversation on a podcast that didn't even exist yet, that they didn't know the and what it was going to look like, if it would be anything. I definitely also got my fair share of no's and declines. And I understood, even then understood, I got no street cred. I don't have any clout. I, there's, there's nothing really in this for you. And I understand that you have to make wise decisions and use your time wisely. It still sucked in the beginning to get told no. And it's so interesting being able to kind of see both sides of it, right? Understanding the disappointment and how that can impact how you view someone even. And then being on the other side of having a full-time content creation job and you can't usually do every single interview you're invited to because it's all you would do and you can believe in people and want to see their stuff do really well and also not be able to help every single one of them. So it's just interesting because I can remember four years ago is not that long ago and I can remember the disappointment and the frustration And then I was able to grow and then it became more effective and enticing for people to come on my show. And I definitely, there were people who declined interviews early on, who later reached out and asked if they could come come on the show because they were, they had a book coming out. And I was still so excited to get to talk to those people. Looking up to people and then becoming their peer is a really interesting experience, good and bad. Honestly, I there are women who I have followed and loved for a long time who took me under their wing and gave me the keys to the kingdom, honestly, taught me so much of what I know and then told me to go out and teach it to other people and weren't threatened by the impact they that 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 may have on their audience and who shared my content when nobody else was and saw something in me and wanted to cultivate it. And I attribute a lot of where I've gotten in life to the incredible women who have gone before and are looking backwards in interest of pulling the next generation up with them. I also had the experience of being very much shunned and pushed out by people that I had looked up to and now kind of had a seat at that table 
and they didn't want to sit with me. And that's okay. <laughs> we don't, I, I personally tend to adhere to the belief system that we don't actually have to be friends with everyone. I do think there's a degree of kindness and love that we should be capable of extending to everyone. But just because you love everybody doesn't mean they get access to you. I have had a largely positive experience with other, let's say Christians specifically, who are in this same world. I literally texted my friend just the other day and was asking her about her media room setup cameras and mics and stuff like that because we're looking at making some upgrades to be able to create better content. And she went above and beyond. She sent me pictures and the exact name of each thing and whether she really thought I needed it or if there was something better, how to use some of the equipment. I mean, I had probably no less than 50 text messages from her. All of the information I could possibly want or need about taking my content creation and media to the next level. I will tell you that is a very that is a very common occurrence in this world. People are naturally good at certain parts of this and are willing to, oh yeah, here. Oh, you're not great at planning out your content? I'm really good at that. I'll help you do that. You tell me what kind of camera you're using because we're on the same team and we are genuinely working towards the same goal. It's not about numbers. It's not about success. It's about, are you reaching the people that God has you reaching to the optimal capacity? And we want to help one another do that. That has largely been my experience. Honestly, the only negative experience I've ever had is people saying they were going to do something and then never, never doing it, never following up. There can be a consistency problem in this industry. I will say that. And I am guilty of it. There are things it can get really noisy. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But it's, it can get easy to become distracted and not follow through on the things that you've said you were going to do. But I also think we could be better. I think we could be better about that. Personally, I want to underpromise and overdeliver what I tell people I'm going to do for them. And so if I don't think I can reasonably do what I'm about to offer to do, I'm not going to offer to do it. <laughs> and I've had to learn that lesson the hard way because there's a lot of things that I've said yes to. I've said yes to collaborative books or writing reviews or making a connection between a person and then it completely falls through the cracks and you feel like crap because being inconsistent always feels terrible. Are there people behind the scenes that are jerks? Yes. Oh, there are. I would say that they are in the minority. And if you do a tiny bit of work, you can avoid them. (laughs) And then it doesn't matter. And it's probably 100% not even who you're thinking of. But there are, for sure, there are Christians that are hard to work with. But you get to make the decision who you're working with and who you're associating with. And personally, a lot of the people and the women that I love in this space will tell you everything you need to know, teach you how to do it, show up for you, pray behind you. Like, I've got some real ones in my life. I'm just going to say that much, okay? So when I tell you things behind my personal curtain that are my personal experience, I'm only going to speak for myself, but I will tell you that a lot of the conversations that I have with fellow creators that I've gotten to become friends with is pretty similar. A lot of us are having pretty similar experiences. You know, obviously, you can see from the people that you follow, you can see the opportunities, you can see the contacts, you can see the things that they get to do and see and 
experience that maybe people that aren't in the same position can't. I personally don't like to travel alone. If I'm going to travel, I want to do it with my family. But I've definitely got invited to go on these really cool trips and experience places that I've probably otherwise may not. I just haven't taken them up on a lot of them because I'm awkward and because I get travel anxiety. Nobody is going to lie to you and say having companies send you free stuff so you can talk about it on your socials isn't cool. It is. It's a great experience having companies send you sheets or towels or food or makeup or whatever. And all you got to do is talk about it on your social media. It's That's awesome. People are lying to you if they're saying it's not. It is an incredible experience to get to have your voice heard and your thoughts appreciated and affirmed and shared. That's an incredible experience on this kind of level. Having people want you to help them tell their story is such a crazy honor. Last year, I was able to bring my husband home from his full-time corporate job that had always paid the bills off of my income from creating courses and doing coaching and brand affiliates and relationships. My income covered his and he was able to quit his job and now he's starting a business of his own. That is an opportunity afforded to me by being a content creator. And I will never not be so insanely thankful for that because it gave me my family back. And selfishly, if all of this was for that, was to change my husband's life, to change my children's life, to change our lives together, then I'm great with that. If that is the kingdom impact, (laughs) then cool. If my words live on beyond me in any capacity, that's extra. That's bonus. Because this cannot become the most important thing. And it is really easy for it to. I was just talking about having your voice heard and having people agree with you and finding that solidarity. The flip side of that is that that can become addictive. (laughs) That I firmly believe that humans were not created to receive the amount of feedback and criticism and just general communication that we do now in the internet age. Influencer or not, large platform or not, you are constantly drinking out of the fire hose that is the 24-hour news cycle and social media. And it's addictive. It was created to be addictive. They've been open about the fact that it was created to be addictive. I also, at the same exact time, believe that 2 Timothy 1.7 is true in 2023 as much as it was when it was written. I still believe that God has given us a spirit of power and love and self-discipline and that the internet is a massive mission field and the harvest is ripe and we just have to be the ones that have the self-control to interact with it in a way that's responsible so that we don't go off of the rails. Because I can tell you as a content creator, it can get so dang loud if you let it. If you don't have self-control, if you don't practice boundaries, if you aren't communicating, you know, and, and processing this job that you have that gives a ton of people access to you, it'll eat you alive. And I know I have to qualify that with this is not some poor pitiful me thing. It's the reality of mental health and the internet and the nature of the two interacting. Being a content creator and putting your life and your thoughts out there opens you up to a lot of hurt. You do get to kind of, you get to sit in the driver's seat of 
how much of that gets to you, how much of that you allow in, or can it just exist out there? And I've been actually having this conversation in therapy lately about the very human experience of if you know people are talking about you, you want to know what they're saying and take it away from the internet. When I brought it up in therapy, I was kind of more talking about it in terms of this is so crazy. Why do I do this to myself? It's so toxic. It's so unhealthy. And my therapist's response was, I think this is a very normal human reaction. I think most people, if they know they are being talked about, good or bad, they're going to want to know what's being said. And it was kind of, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean we should keep doing it. But it is always nice to find out that you're not the only one doing something. And I've, I've talked fairly openly lately about how much of that I was letting in and that that's no one's fault but my own, that I was listening to the negative and or seeking it out. And that was having a very negative impact on my mental health and on my ability to show up well on social media. And so typically the response to that, and this is probably my, I would say this is probably my least favorite part of content creation is the response of you signed up for this. What do you expect? This is what you sign up for when you become an influencer. And honestly, I would say the worst part is I think for a long time, I really believed that. I believed, look, kind of like celebrities, you made the decision to become famous. So you're not going to have as much privacy. And maybe that thought pattern isn't all wrong. But if you want to look at it on a micro level, on you know the celebrity level, you look at someone like Britney Spears, that probably internal pressure and external pressure has ruined her life. And people will say, well, she signed up for it. This is what she signed up for. And thank God, I hopefully will never experience what she has experienced. There is no, there's no paparazzi. And I don't, I hope there never is. But there is a lot of, there can be a lot of criticism. There can be a lot of input about who I am and what I'm doing and the proper use of my platform. And it can get really loud. And then if you say anything about how loud it is, the response is you asked for it. You signed up for it. What do you expect? This is fair play. And I think I used to agree with that early in my experience. But I actually happened upon a video by Diary of an Honest Mom talking about this subject of, well, you signed up for it. This is what you signed up for. She's talking about it in terms of motherhood, which is absolutely, it is absolutely true to motherhood. But I think it can kind of apply to anything. I think it can apply to any hard thing that we do in terms of the response, this is what you signed up for. So yes, people in the quote unquote public eye signed up for that and often made the decision. They didn't always, but they often did. It doesn't mean that it's not hard sometimes. And that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be able to talk about it being hard sometimes without being met with, oh, poor pitiful you. It's definitely a weird world, the internet, Christian specifically, internet world. There are a lot of things that I thought would be different than they ended up being. There was money was more important than I thought it was going to be, power, success. There were people that I thought would be different than who they were behind the scenes. And there were also people who completely blew my mind, who are so much better than even the internet version that they allow people to see. And I think balance and honesty looks like holding both. 
in your hands and being able to say, it's an incredible world. It's an incredible opportunity. There are people in this industry who they're running their race to the fullness of their ability, trying to honor God with everything that they do. And there are people who are opportunistic and selfish and mean. That's, that's the world. That's life. I can't wait till it doesn't look that way. I can't wait to be in eternity and in perfection and for there to be no more hurt and pain and for us to be able to love each other to the fullness of, I think, what we were created for. I can't freaking wait for that. (laughs) But I really want to try to move forward focusing on the good and also being what I want this industry to be, right? I want to be a part of what it looks like in five, 10 years and what the experience that new moms, you know, young 20s that are stepping into it and saying, I've got something to say. I have something to offer. There are some things about my experience that I hope are different from theirs. There are honestly even some things I'm trying to do differently now as my platform grows and as I heal as a human being. There are a lot of things that I look back that I did in my early days that I wouldn't go back and do again and that I want to do differently moving forward. And people will call you a hypocrite for changing, but I think changing is the point. So, you know, I want to be better and therefore hopefully make this a better landscape for people to enter into. Because there are absolutely things about my experience coming into the Christian content creation world that, no, they weren't great. And I wouldn't want somebody else to have to go through that. There's so much good, so much good. But as with everything in life, there are things that I wish had gone differently. I would like to see change for the experience of people who are entering this world or who are in this world. And I don't think that happens unless we talk about it. And that is a really difficult thing to do because it can be difficult to share experiences and not talk about people. And I don't want to talk about people. I used to do that. I used to be very into that. I've personally just kind of outgrown it. It's not good for me in my life. That doesn't mean I'll never do it again because I do think that it is a sometimes necessity. I think if you never talk about people and their actions, then bad things can happen. But it's never going to be the majority of my content. But I want to talk about these experiences and what being a Christian content creator looks like without telling other people's stories. So maybe some of this was vague and more flyover. This was never going to be some juicy, you know, tea spilling. Ooh, guess what this influencer does or did. But just like, let's get down to the nitty gritty of it. What does this job look like? Because y'all are consuming the content and you're getting to know me on some level. Let's talk about the job of it and what is great and what sucks. So I'm not 100% sure what next week's episode is going to be. I've got a couple of irons in the fire as far as ideas. And if you're loving the new speakeasy portion of the podcast, will you go leave a review right now? Just real quick, like scroll down if you're on Apple Podcast and hit the five. And if you want to write some kind words, reviews are really helpful for the show. It helps get it in front of more people and also just kind of gives it some kind of social credit score that people know that it's worth listening to. So thanks for being here. Hope you enjoyed the conversation and I will see you next week. Thank you.